Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That shit crazy. On Tuesday! It's All Even with your boy, Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on Podbeam as well as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Deezer. I'm all over the place, man. And trust me, go to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like, share, and comment because the page is growing, baby. That all even wave. Get on that wave. Go on to Podbeam. Click that all even podcast. Sign up for that Patreon. Be a part of the wave. Tell people, listen, don't get left behind. Lots to get into, lots of NBA, obviously, NBA playoffs are going on, we're going to talk about that. The Yankees are in free fall, so we're definitely going to have to speak about what needs to be done, and I can only think of maybe one thing to be done, NBA recap and preview as well, and then the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. The beauty about Major League Baseball is that it's a long, long season. There's ups and downs, there's ebb and flows, there's frustration, there's happiness, there's depression. Everything goes into a baseball season. So what we're probably seeing right now with the New York Yankees is that they're just going through a rough patch, right? We can all say that. Guys are not hitting with runners on base. Pitching is not pitching that well right now. So how do you fix this? They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10. How do you fix it? I've spoken to a lot of Yankee fans over the last four days or so, and the one consistent thing that they're all telling me is that it's time for Aaron Boone to go. Oh, newsflash. I've been saying that since he got here. Aaron Boone was hired to be the opposite of Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi is an old-school manager, old-school-minded. You know, he's one of those guys where he's going to say, listen, if you're going to let me manage, let me manage. Don't micromanage me. Don't get in my way. Let me handle my players. Let me be able to reprimand my players the way I want to. Let me dictate who's in the lineup and who's not in the lineup. That's Joe Girardi. He's always had contentious relationships with the front office. When he was in Florida, he won coach of the year, and then they got rid of him. Got to the Yankees and had some success, obviously. They won a World Series, but it didn't end well. He left. They looked at him as 
he was a little bit too much of a disciplinarian. So they brought in the babysitter. They brought in the guy that said, oh, you know, I'm going to make sure that the players understand that I'm on their side. You are a manager. You're not supposed to be friends with the players. You're not supposed to be buddy-buddy with your players. You're supposed to be able to do a job and have them do their job to the best of their ability. That's exactly what the job title is. Aaron Boone does, I, I really don't think he understands how this works here. But there has to be some toughness. You see, the thing is, when he came here and had this kumbaya type of attitude, you can't revert back now and say, hey, I'm going to be this disciplinarian. I'm going to be this guy that's going to scream and yell and try to get these players to play the way I want to. Can't happen. Can't happen. It's why, as a Met fan, I love Terry Collins. He was a flawed guy, flawed manager, but Terry Collins brought that enthusiasm. He brought that that energy. He brought that accountability to his players. So guys wanted to run through a wall for Terry. I don't see the same situation here in the Bronx with Aaron, Aaron Boone. I really don't. I don't see guys willing to run through a wall for him. The other guy that you have to talk about, and I talked about this months ago on this show, you have to start talking about Brian Cashman, don't you? Brian Cashman has made some great savvy moves over the years. But this team right now, there's a lot of question marks for me, to be honest with you. I don't like the way this team is constructed. They have too many guys that mash home runs and can't get situational hits. That's the Yankees in a nutshell. And the thing is, it's a, it's a, it's a problem across baseball because guys like DJ LeMayhew, they don't prop those guys up. They're not highlighting how good those guys are. Why? Because they're contact hitters. They're doubles hitters. They hit the ball in the gaps. They hit the ball to opposite fields. Smart hitters get on base. Situational hitting. They choke up with two strikes. Certain things bunt the guy over. Like, that's baseball. So what you're seeing with the Yankees is kind of what Major League Baseball is dealing with right now is that all of these guys that are up here all they know how to do is hit home runs. They don't know how to really hit. So when the Yankees go on these stretches where they can't knock the ball out of the ballpark consistently and they're not pitching well, they're going to look really, really bad. And they're 2-8 in their last 10. They're losing tonight right now. So they're in free fall. 31-29. I, I really don't know what to say about this team in regards to where they're headed. But I do know this. Aaron Boone is not the guy to lead them wherever they're going. I don't see a situation where Aaron Boone gets his job next year. I, I don't see that he's managing this team next season. I just don't. I'm going to speak to more Yankee fans and have them tell me about it, but I just don't see that. Just like how I didn't see Mickey Calloway continuing to coach the Mets. There's no way. And just like how probably Luis Rojas, I don't see him coaching that long for the Mets either. I'm not a big fan. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not a big fan. When you keep tracking out David Peterson out there night after night, start after start, and he keeps getting shelled, I have to question you. I have to question you as a manager. The Yankees will be better off having one of the commentators manage the team for the rest of the season. 
they're more competent than Aaron Boone. His press conferences kill me. It's just like he really has no idea and no clue about how to get this team back on the right track. Just doesn't. Completely clueless. So what is management going to do? Are they going to continue to allow him to steer this sinking ship? Or are they going to be able to do something about it? Because there's not, it's not a lot of time left to kind of make this decision. It's make or break right now. The Yankees can really go ahead and go on a really bad losing streak, be five, six, seven games under 500, and now they have to crawl out of that hole just like they did in the beginning of the season. It's not easy to continue to keep doing that. After a while, your team is going to get tired. Your team is going to lose focus. Your team is going to lose confidence. So you cannot continue to have them play this poorly without making a decision. Decisions, decisions, decisions in the Bronx. We're going to see what happens. But I just, I can't see a scenario where I see something, you know, go across my ticker, breaking news, Aaron, Aaron Boone size an extension with the Yankees. I, I, I don't see that happening. I think he's on the first thing smoking out of town after the season if they do let him last the entire season. Let me just say this as well. And this is for the other team that's in New York, the Queens kids, my team. If Luis Rojas continues to let David Peterson pitch, I I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I, breaking my TV is not going to help me. Smashing my phone is not going to do anything as well. But to see him every start really bothers me. Listen to his line tonight. The man pitched two and two-thirds innings. He gave up eight hits, four runs, all four earned. The man has a 6.32 ERA. At what point do you say that you can't pitch here anymore? He was never a guy that got to the AAA level anyway. Shout out to my man Alfred from the Metropolitan Report. But this guy has been in AA. He got called up pitching in AA. You didn't get to that level to learn how to pitch and understand how good hitters hit, how they break you down, how they can humble you at the AAA level. He's not, he never experienced that. He's getting shelled now, though. All because 2020 gave people a little, oh, well, you, you know, he's doing all right. Hell, he even had me fooled. I was like, hey, that David Peterson, huh? Not looking too bad. Boy, was I wrong. So you can't keep putting him out there because we're losing to the Orioles right now. And the Orioles are a terrible baseball team. Terrible. So for a first place team to lose to a team like this right now, down 9-2, to two, because your pitching is awful. You have David Peterson that gives up four earned, and then Robert Gazelman right after him gives up an extra four. What are we doing? Why can't guys get guys out? Especially with a bad team like Baltimore. It makes no sense to me. And this is what I'm talking about, about managing. You have to understand what you're doing. How can you continue to put out David Peterson, 
if Gazelman gets rocked, then okay, it happens. It happens to relievers time to time. But Peterson gets rocked every start. They beat the hell out of him. So why keep putting him out there? He can't get anybody out right now. He doesn't trust his fastball. He doesn't have that great of a stuff. So what are we doing? Are you just buying time for, for the other guys to come? For guys like Carrasco to get healthy? For guys like, you know, Syndergaard to get healthy, all of the guys? Okay. But still, you need to find some quality pitchers to pitch in that spot. Because Peterson is not the guy on any level. Triple A, double A, single A, it doesn't matter. He's awful. Treat him as such. A DFA should be coming. Sheesh. Coming up after the break, the Nets are hot. And I have a lot to say about what happened in that game last night. On a Tuesday night. It's all even. Yo, it's your man DJ G Money for that Flip the Script podcast. Yeah, 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 we in the studio right now. Flip shut up. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, listen. Shout out to the All Even podcast. My oh, man Barry oh, Grant Jr. Whoa, whoa, What's up, whoa, man? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened? What you, you, you want to say to the people? Shout out to my young podcast. Yeah, let me get the joint. What's up? All Even. All Even podcast. Yo, it ain't even up here, boy. <laughs> we put this on something. All Even. Yo, you. Oh, my God. What's up with you, man? Now, you got well, that's a shout out. You keeping this? Yeah, keep all that. <laughs> you want to jump the all podcast, right? I thought that Milwaukee all season was the team to fly under the radar and they would have a lot to prove because of the last two years they got booted out of the playoffs. Coach Budenholzer has a lot to prove. He's made no adjustments, and the adjustments that he does make, awful, just terrible. So I'm thinking, hey, you know, they get P.J. Tucker, they get Drew Holiday. They have some extra oomph toughness here on this team. Chris Milton can be able to drop into that third score role or be the second guy another night. Like, it's interchangeable. He's not locked into that pressure-filled number two spot where the guy gets all the blame and never the praise, right? So... Said on my show, All Even Podcast Special Edition with my man G-Money, shouts to G-Money, that put in the books. I got the Bucks in six. I got the Bucks in the NBA Finals. Well, I have my prediction right here on my paper, and guess what? Prediction is over. What I saw last night was not a team that is prepared to make a significant title run. No. I saw a team that's lost, that can't score, and has no direction. 125 to 86, 
the Brooklyn Nets destroy the Milwaukee Bucks. They were up 49 in this game in a playoff game. You've got to be kidding me. At what point do you say to yourself, we're not going to get beat this bad. We're not going to let them clown us. We're not going to let them show off on us. We're going to start hard fouling people. And if guys are going to get tee up and throw it out, then, that, then so be it. But to beat down 49 points, embarrassing. Coach Buck, he went zone after a while. Zone from a team that's killing you behind the arc. Kevin Durant is cooking everybody. Kyrie Irving cooking everybody. And newsflash, they don't have James Harden. So let's go ahead and look at these stats. Right, Giannis scores 18 points, 11 rebounds, terrible basketball game. He was turning the ball over. He was trying to force the action. He can't shoot, can't shoot free throws. He's a liability. Chris Middleton, 7 for 20, 17 points. Drew Holiday, I said that Drew Holiday needs a big series to make sure that Milwaukee has a chance and even can be able to win this series. Guess what he had? 13 points. In 34 minutes. It was terrible across the board. But on the other side of it, Kevin Durant was sensational. 32 points, 4 rebounds, 6 assists. Blake Griffin had 7 points, 8 rebounds, but he was very, very effective. Banged on Giannis. Giannis didn't want no smoke. No parts of that. Joe Harris, 13. Brown, 13. Kyrie had 22. They got scoring from Everybody on the bench except Chioza. Everyone on this team scored except one. Listen to what I just said. Everybody on this team scored a basket except one. They had a field day on this team. So here's my thing. I hope Coach Bud and his staff... I hope they're not really comfortable. I hope he has somebody that is packing up his office in Milwaukee. Because after this series, there's no way I can see him coming back. There's no way. They're going to need somebody that can be able to adjust on the fly. Not say, hey, let's go zone. You're going zone and you have the quote-unquote one of the best defenders in all of basketball. Didn't he win Defensive Player of the Year last year? But the guy that won Defensive Player of the Year last year was getting cooked by a guy that has one healthy Achilles. That's what I saw. Kevin Durant got everything he wanted on Giannis Antetokounmpo last night. Giannis couldn't do anything with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant was, was stepping back, crossover, making him fall, stumbling, Jump shot to the basket didn't matter. That's your best player. And he wanted no parts of Kevin Durant last night. So if your best player wants no parts of their best player, what do you think is going to happen? When your best player can't motivate the other guys on your team, what do you think is going to happen? When your best player forces the action and it looks like his basketball IQ is not that high, what do you think is going to happen to the rest of the team? The Milwaukee Bucks are in trouble. 
They would be lucky if they won a game in this series. I'll be honest with you. What I saw last night, they'd be lucky if they won a game. So I guess it's time to ask a different question. How good is Giannis really? You see, a lot of people love to look at stats as the end-all, be-all to how great you are. Regular season stats and playoff stats, they're two different things to me because it's two different seasons. You can be able to do exactly what you want in the regular season. You know why? Because coaches are not game planning for you. They don't really care. They're not strategizing hard by it. They're just trying to get through the season healthy as possible with a very good record, good chemistry. Guys are playing well. That's what they're looking for. So they're not doubling. They're not triple teaming. They're not really game planning for guys night to night. But in the playoffs, you're damn straight to doing that. And what I'm seeing is a guy in Giannis that can't get around Blake, that can't get around anybody, can't do anything, can't shoot, can't shoot free throws, he can't stop getting offensive fouls. Where's the basketball IQ? Where's the great Giannis Antetokounmpo, the back-to-back MVP of the last two seasons? And they gave the defensive player of the year to him last season too. Well, we all know it should have been Anthony Davis, but I digress. Where is he? What a difference a year makes, right? Everybody's like, oh, where's Giannis going? You know, he's he's going to hold Milwaukee, you know, over a barrel and say, hey, you guys have to do something. Get me some help. Get me whatever I need to to have and, and, and have this a, as a contending championship team. Well, guess what? Milwaukee did just that. They said, okay, let's go get Drew Holiday. They went to go get him. They got P.J. Tucker. So they put dogs behind him and still nothing. You know why? Because the team might not be the problem. It may be the big seven-footer that can't shoot. You see, the other seven-footer in Brooklyn, he can shoot. He can shoot better than probably anybody has ever shot the ball at that height in NBA history. Might not even be debatable. So that's a seven-footer that can shoot. That's a seven-footer that can be able to put it on the floor and do things with it. The other guy likes to barrel his way to the basket. Spin move. I already see it coming. Puts his head down. Spin move. Or Euro step. There's no variety to his game. And then when you have a head coach that can't make adjustments, that can't tell him, Hey, hey, listen, Giannis, maybe taking the ball up is not the right way to go because as soon as you try to get past, they're collapsing that paint and you got to find guys earlier because if you find guys late, it's going to be a foul on you. He doesn't have a coach that can do that for him. So this is what you're seeing. They lose and lose big on the road, but I guess the only saving grace for Milwaukee is that you expect home teams to win home games. They're going back to Milwaukee for game three and game four. Can we can we hope for some life? Can we hope to see that they play with some passion? Absolutely. Will it matter? Possibly not. Because what I saw out of Brooklyn is a team that's actually playing some defense. A team that I've questioned all year in regards to the defensive end of the basketball They are 
playing really well on that end. But maybe it's the fact that Milwaukee's just that bad. So I'm not trying to take anything away from Brooklyn. They're great. They played a great game defensively. They're hitting their shots. But Milwaukee can't shoot as well right now. So their defensive concepts are going to be a little bit more stingy. They're going to be a little bit more aggressive, taking more chances because you know that these guys can't shoot. That's the problem. The Milwaukee Bucks have a lot of issues right now. And Coach Bud and Giannis are at the top of that list. And who knows? Who knows? Maybe... You know, everybody was saying that, oh, man, how is Milwaukee going to be able to keep Giannis? Maybe Milwaukee will be the one to have buyer's remorse. Interesting. Hmm. Moving on, moving on. We had game one between the Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets. Phoenix wins this game 122-105. to Chris Paul has a great game. He scores 21 points. 11 to 6, 6 uh, 6 rebounds. Devin Booker had 21 points and 8 assists. But the story of the game for me was how well DeAndre Ayton played again. 20 points, 10 rebounds. On the other side, Jokic, the newly crowned MVP of the league, shouts to him, had a great season. But I've always said that when you have a big man that can be able to move his feet, that can be able to be an aggressive defender against Jokic, he will struggle a little bit. And guess what? Right on cue, Jokic goes 10 for 23, 22 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists. That's not a Jokic game. That's not what they need from him in this series. If that's going to be his stat line the entire series, Phoenix is going to win this series easily and quickly. Because you need Jokic to be 35 and up in this series for them to have a chance. Denver's good. They have good defense. But if their best player is not playing at his best, they're not going to be able to compete with Phoenix. Phoenix has great defense. They got guys that can hit shots. Look, Bridges had 23 points. Had He shot four of eight from three. He's been hot, red hot this entire postseason so far. So he's been playing well. Phoenix is playing well. They have confidence. They realize that they can be able to beat this team. They realize that they have a path to the finals. I said it before that they have a similar path to what the Miami Heat had last year. Favorable matchups all throughout, and it's possible they can be able to get to an NBA final. They really can. So I'm curious to see what game two looks like. I don't think it's going to be this much of a blowout, but... That Phoenix crowd is loud. They're, 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 they're raucous. And if Jokic cannot figure out how to deal with that young boy, Aiton, big, big problems. Big problems. I'm sure this series right now is eating Jamal Murray up. It really is because this is a series that I expected to see Jamal Murray against Devin Booker. That would have been lovely to watch. Lovely to watch. But we don't get that. Because of this condensed season. I, I, I'm not even going to talk about that. I'm not even going to talk about that. Because my team is already out. I, I, I don't want to talk about that. But this is a compelling series. It can go the distance. But I need to see more out of Denver. Because I, I didn't like what I saw out of Denver that game. Uh, you know, they got outplayed. They got outmanned. And, you know, that's that's pretty much it. 
So, moving on, moving on. You had the Atlanta Hawks beat the Philadelphia 76ers over the weekend, and everybody was like, oh my goodness, what's going on? Trey, Trey Young shocks the world. They, they might be able to compete here. What I saw out of that game is that the fact that the Hawks were up big and then Philly slowly started to come back and then they started to dominate the game. Joel Embiid put Clint Capella in the spin cycle and the grinder. <laughs> he had him on skates all night. So when I saw that, I said, oh, this is going to be a problem because if Capella can't stay with Embiid, which nobody in the NBA can it's not going to be a pleasant series for Capella. I seen it. I saw it in that game, and I was not in the least concerned about Philly. Not in the least. So what do we see here? Philly wins this game too, 118 to 102. They dominate the second half of the game. Clint Capella, 10 points, 8 rebounds. Trey Young struggled, 21 points, 11 assists on 6 of 16 shooting. Did not play well. Nobody really played well in this team. Kevin Herter did. He had 20 points off the bench. Uh, Danilo Gallinari as well had 20 points off the bench. But the story, the story is my man, the guy that I picked to win NBA MVP is Joel Embiid. 40 points, 13 rebounds, 2 assists. The guy was a monster. He is a monster. He cannot be stopped. You can't have Clint Capella guard him one-on-one -on -one the entire series. You're going to have to double him because in a one-on-one -on -one matchup, he's going to get 40 on Capella every night. He really is. He's a scary basketball player, Joel Embiid is. He, he is phenomenal. Tobias Harris, he puts in 22 points. You had Seth Curry put in 21 points. Shake Milton had 14 off the bench. That's my guy. And, you know, I, I don't know what kind of stat line Ben Simmons had. Four points, seven assists, three rebounds in 35 minutes. He only took three shots. All night. So that needs to improve. That cannot happen. Defensively, he's he's amazing. He's my defensive player of the year. Absolutely. But you have to give a little bit more offensively. That right there is ridiculous. It really is. Joel gets 40 and you get four? No, you you that's not a winning formula for them. So he has to step his game up. He has to do better. He has to be better in this series. But Atlanta, listen, they played well. They played well to two games. Uh, you know, I didn't really give them a shot. I still don't. But who's to say that they can't steal another game? They're going home now, so I'm sure that they're going to be able to possibly get one. And then we're going back to Philly, 2-2 tie in a swing game, the most important game in the series. It, it, this is going to be, it's already fun. So I'm interested to see if there can be an extended series. I, I, I would really like that. There's nothing better than extended series for me in, in the playoffs. I, I love it. Like I, The more basketball you can be able to give me, the more I can be able to see coaches, how they break down, how they adjust, how they you know kind of galvanize their team and try to see how they can be able to get the advantage. That's basketball. That's what playoff basketball is about. So I, I, I'm excited. I can't wait to see it. But the matchup that I want to see, because misery loves company, is the Utah Jazz against the LA Clippers. Game one is underway. Utah has an early 6-2 lead. I have Utah all over this series. I think Utah is going to beat the brakes off the Clippers. They're going to beat them in six. Utah's a better team. They are better coached. 
They have better depth. They have better outside shooting. And maybe I'm going to have to rely on Rudy Gobert this series. Uh, if I have to, it would be miserable. But Donovan Mitchell is a beast. He is a beast. So I want to see how they're going to be able to, you know, corral him. They couldn't do anything with Luka in the first round. They claim that the Clippers have the best defensive backcourt since Jordan and Pippen. I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. They're more similar to a doorknob to me. <laughs> ah, give me a break. Waldo George, I want to see what he does in this series. Hopefully he, be, he, he can be able to step up for the Clippers, but I don't expect it. But listen, Marcus Morris had a good uh, game seven. I think he may have some confidence going forward. So maybe they can be able to get him to be the third guy. And now you have something. So we'll see. But I know I know Quinn Snyder. He's a great coach. He knows how to adjust. They play great defense. So I have the Utah Jazz winning game one, 115, 107. Donovan Mitchell probably has 29 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, I think Rudy Gobert ends up getting his regular 12 and 13 with maybe 3 blocks or so. My man Jordan Clarkson, I'm sure he's going to get into the mix as well. So definitely going to be some X-Factors in the series. I think uh, Joe Ingles may be the X-Factor in the series. He's a very underrated player. Can hit the outside shot. He can definitely create for his teammates. So I, I really I, I like this series. I like the dynamic between both teams. But I just think that Utah's a better team. I really do. There is never going to be a situation where I pick the L.A. Clippers to win any series. Any series. It's not, it's not going to happen. The boys of the basement, not going to happen. Not going to happen. And when they lose, I'll be right here to say my favorite line for the Clippers. Back to the basement. Back to the basement. That's exactly where they belong, and that's exactly where they'll stay. In other news, Tom Thibodeau wins NBA Coach of the Year. He barely squeaks out a victory over Monty Williams. Both coaches were well-deserved well of the award. Like I said, if they would have gave Cole Coach of the Year, I'd have been fine with that. If they gave it to Monty Williams, I'd have been fine with that. But the fact that they gave it to Coach Tom Thibodeau, a.k.a. Homer Simpson, it's what I like to call him here on the All Even Podcast. Shouts to Tom. Had a great season with the New York Knicks. But the thing with Tom with me is that I, I just don't know what he is come playoff time. He He's not a guy that makes adjustments. He's not a guy that really makes the right decisions in the playoffs. And that's why you kind of saw the, the Knicks struggle a little bit in that series. So... You know, what can the Knicks expect going forward? They have to go get themselves a big name. I said it before that the Knicks have to be big game hunting. They have to put feelers out to every team out there. Talk to the GM. See exactly who may be available and who may not be. Sometimes guys are not available, but if you pick up that phone to have a conversation, then you'll find out that, hey, that trade does sound a little good to me. Let's, let, let's talk more tomorrow. That's how you get it done, Knicks. So if you want to land a big fish this summer, you got to get on the phone. Because I think surrounding Tom with enough talent would be able to 
force him not to make a mistake. But like I said, shouts to, to, to Coach Tom Thibodeau. Had a great season. He changed the culture of this team this year. He made them believe that they can win. And when you can get young guys to buy into your system early on, you can have success. Young guys take a while to kind of buy into something. But if they all buy in at the same time, magic can happen. And the Knicks had magic this year. I'm telling you, those playoff games, man, I'll never forget it because I I, I forgot how the garden sounded when it's juking. I forgot what playoff Madison Square Garden sounds like. And man, man, it was something special. So as a as a basketball fan, not a Knicks fan, but as a basketball fan, I want to see the Knicks continue to be good because that's needed in the playoffs. That's needed for the NBA to be able to sell New York as a big market. Not Brooklyn because although the Nets are good, that building just doesn't have the same feel. It just doesn't. And does it really matter in the grand scheme of things? No. But just having the Garden back to hosting playoff games, it's special. It's definitely special. And all of that is due to Tom Thibodeau and that coaching staff. They did a tremendous, tremendous job with this team this year. They definitely developed these young players. Emmanuel quickly is ahead of schedule. Uh, there's a lot of guys that have played well. Obviously, we don't have to speak about Julius Randle, the leaps and bounds that he made over the regular season, not the playoffs, but definitely over the regular season. So they deserve this award. The entire coaching staff deserves this award, and hopefully we can be able to see them improve on this next season. In other news, Ramona Shelbourne, she wrote an article about the Lakers being frustrated with Dennis Schroeder all season. And it has nothing to do with just the contract negotiations of him declining the $84 million extension, saying that, you know, it's not about the money, but it has to be fair. But yet the Lakers offered you the most money that anybody could be able to offer you, right? So what is it about? Then he had his exit interviews about, oh, he wanted to run it back, blah, blah, blah. Well, this is very convenient because I knew it would happen. I really did. After that first report by him being so candid about the negotiations and what's going on, I knew he was going to rub the Lakers the wrong way. Pause. I really did. And then the fact that he refused to sign the extension, trade deadline is coming up, they're like, you know what? We may have to get this guy out of here. And the only reason why Kyle Lowry is not a Laker is because they wanted to hang on to THT. In hindsight now, should have got rid of him. Get Kyle Lowry. Because Kyle Lowry, next to LeBron James and Anthony Davis, way better than a Dennis Schroeder, and maybe we don't lose so bad to Phoenix. Maybe we still lose to Phoenix in seven, but at least we don't get trounced like that. So I can, I can definitely understand the Lakers' frustration because I've been frustrated with Dennis Schroeder all season. I said from the day they got him, they better not start him. But what did they do? They allowed him to run his mouth and talk about, oh, well, you know, I, I didn't come here to come off the bench. I, I, I want to be a starter. It ain't up to you what you do. You're not a star. You don't have cachet. You're joining a defending champion. 
fall in line. So now Palenka is going to have to see what he can be able to do. Because guess what? The price is going down. You know that saying? Well, guess what? The price is going up. Not in this case. Price going down. How would you like three years, 15 or $17 million a season? That's it. Oh, oh that $84 million that was on the table? Now nah, that's going. That's, you, you ain't got to worry about that. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Let's, let's focus on something else. We can be able to focus on this new deal right here. That's the type of energy that I want the Lakers to have. So I hope that they bring that frustration into the negotiation. Because not only did he turn down the biggest uh, payday that he would get, especially even on the open market, I don't see anybody giving him more than that. But they should really be underwhelmed and, and, and not impressed by the season that he had. Can't shoot the three. Turns the ball over. Dribbles into double teams. Magic Johnson said it best. He's not a Laker. And you think I'm going to disagree with Magic? With Irv? No. No. I said that from day one. He's not a Laker. Not a Laker at all. So Rob needs to recognize this. You can consult with LeBron. You can consult with Anthony Davis. You do not allow them to make the final decision on who plays on this team and who doesn't. Because this is what you'll get. Sometimes the greatest players don't make the best talent evaluators. They just don't. Call a spade a spade. So hopefully Rob listens and understands that he has a lot, a lot of work to do. Just saw Montrez Harrell uh, thank the Lakers on his Instagram. So it sounds like he's out of there, which is a Big, big problem for the Lakers because they can't replace him. Big issues for Rob. I, I I, don't know. I don't know. If I'm him, I get on the phone with Trez. I drive to his home. I sit there and talk to him and bring Frank Vogel around so he can be able to apologize too. Because he's the reason why Montrez doesn't want to come back. Maybe Montrez wants to Test the market a little bit and see what's out there. That's fine. You know, you got a couple teams out there that may be interested, like the Charlotte Hornets. They had interest in him, you know, at the trade deadline. So maybe they can be able to offer him what he's looking for. A starting position, uh, you know, a pay raise in regards to maybe 12 or $13 million a year. So we'll see. But there's a lot, a lot that needs to be changed by Rob. And I trust Rob. I trust Rob. But if he screws up this Dennis Schroeder thing, all bets are off. I, I, I may have to have a different opinion. Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week, on a Tuesday night. It's all even. This is the God Jensen Gals. Just want to give a shout out to All Even Podcast, the best sports podcast out there. Keep up the amazing work. Also, check us out at CigarGentsAndGals.com, where everyday apparel for cigar smokers. Let's get it. What's going on? What's up with you? It's your boy, the Candyman, the ALFRE to the D. It's your boy, Alfred, from the Rap Lab Podcast. And it's the one and only True G. Just call me the QG from the Rap Lab Podcast. And you tuned in to All Even with Barry Grant. Boy, that shit crazy. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado... 
the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy, yeah. We pick candidates on Tuesday and Saturday, and then we pick the winner on that Saturday show. So who is my first candidate of the week? May I have the drum roll, please? And the candidate is every fan that watched the Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather fight on Sunday. The fans are my candidate for because Floyd told you. Floyd told you exactly what this was. He said that he is a legal bank robber. If you don't like it, turn it off. But you can't blame me for getting money. People will continue to watch me. They'll continue to pull over to the side of the road and watch the circus and clap and eat their popcorn and, you know, text their friends. Oh, this is great, isn't it? No, it's not. That matchup or that exhibition was an embarrassment. Washed up over the hill, Floyd Mayweather didn't look fast at all anymore. Going against a way bigger guy in Logan Paul. Logan Paul tags him a couple times. I, I, I don't think that he hurt Floyd much. But it goes the distance. It goes the distance. That's not what anybody wanted to see, right? But the fans continue to eat it up. The $100 million that he made, he can thank you guys for that. He can thank you for continuously giving in to the circus, giving in to the fiasco. I'm sure the majority of fans have never been to a legitimate circus. Oh, I, I've never. Barnum and Bale. Nah, nah, I don't do that. No, no, you're, you're actually doing it. It's called the money team. Floyd Money Mayweather is the ringleader and the master of the circus. And he's reeled you guys in for the past 17 years. Interesting. When is it going to stop? Y'all went out there and spent $75 on this fight. That's 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 groceries, man. <laughs> that's groceries. What are you doing? Put that money to use. Put it somewhere else. Don't give it to Floyd. Because Floyd ain't damn sure ain't giving you none. So why are you giving it to him? Especially when you're not getting a top-notch fight. You're getting an exhibition. A circus. A clown show. A freak show on the side of the road. That's what you're getting. See, that's, that's the thing with me is that people like to criticize and judge others. Oh, why do you watch that? Like you'll watch a movie. Oh, why do you watch that movie? That movie's stupid. But you'll go out there and spend your money on Floyd. I love Floyd's fights. Really? Are they really that entertaining? Because I'm a boxing fan. I can tell you no. I respect the guy. I respect his in-ring ability he's one of the best defensive fighters I've ever seen but is he must see absolutely not absolutely not and I said to myself on my show I made a mandate I will never watch this circus I don't care if I have a podcast about sports I am not covering that and I'm not even covering it right now I'm addressing the fans I'm addressing you. When is it going to be enough for y'all to say, I, I just don't want to spend money on this anymore? 
You, you might as well spend money on the WWE. Go spend ten dollars and go get the, the the Peacock app and watch that. It's more entertaining. I swear, man. It, it, it sometimes I feel like Floyd Mayweather has fooled everybody and put the dummy neuralizer into everybody's living room and just convinced people that he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Spend money on me. Spend your hard-earned dollars and watch me do whatever. Whether I'm in an MMA ring, whether I'm in, you know, a thriller ring, doing celebrity boxing, doesn't matter. Just pay me. For all my people with kids out there, they always say that when a kid is acting out or they're looking for attention, if you don't give in to that attention-crave child that's lashing out, they'll probably stop. So... Maybe you got to treat it like that. Look at Floyd as the petulant child that is craving for attention. And if you just turn your back or turn the TV off, maybe he'll stop. So to all these Floyd fans out there that spent that money on this embarrassment of a fight, y'all are holding the L right now in your pockets, but you're possibly winners for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. I'll see you guys on Saturday. But until then, stay safe. Stay cool. Peace. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on Podbeam, Amazon Music, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts available. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to like, share, and hit that subscribe button. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.